Hi y'all, welcome back. It is going to be officially our season finale. Yeah. The last episode for what we're calling this series, this season of um, being his type is what I like to say. Being type A, um, talking about things of life just through our lenses. It's going to carry on through the rest of the podcast, obviously, but um, we have exciting things coming up. I, this is the last you're going to see of this podcast room. We just bought a house. And so all of this is going to go in a box in a little, actually probably tonight. Um, So we're moving in a few days. I'll leave for a trip. Actually, I'll leave for a trip tomorrow. Tomorrow. (laughs) And then I come back. And then the day I come back, we close on the new house. And then, then it's Thanksgiving. And then we close on this current house. And then I get married and then it's Christmas. So there's a lot going on, which is why we just kind of said we would end the series here and start back in the new year with some um, some fun things. Yeah. So. Excited about that. Lots coming up for I know. you. Lots coming up. You, so. you spiraling out of control a little bit? Um, No, not really. You know, it's been kind of a peaceful journey. Um, and as everybody meets me with oh my gosh I don't know how you're doing it you must be going crazy I'm so sorry like not I'm sorry but um just like meeting me with a lot of grace and while I feel like sometimes I'm drowning I'm actually pretty under control and it's just I know this sounds cheesy because next week is Thanksgiving but it's just been a a big season of gratitude for me mm-hmm. um, in in my life, just with with everything, um, and it got it kind of has gotten me reflecting on gratitude in a whole because I remember gratitude being kind of a defining moment in my story and in my encounter with Jesus is mm-hmm. really around the the gratitude. I let me just put it this way. That's not necessarily true. Suffering is kind of what took my conversion. Yeah. But gratitude has been something that's kept me deeply rooted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I, I do, it is like, I do struggle with, I'm so closely related to the Lord and suffering be, that I, all, I struggle in these seasons of gratitude to like be as close to the Lord or I feel as close to the Lord. I don't know. That sounds weird. But so this has just been like a very high season of gratitude for me. Um, Just watching everything unfold, you know, those cheesy memes you see on Instagram where it's like, this is what you've prayed for. Yeah. You know, remember that, whatever. And, um, but it kind of is, you know, in all of it. So it's just been, it's been good. It's been a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like sometimes I have a to-do list that I don't think is ever going to go away. Yeah. Um, And Zach too, like we're just, rock and rolling but we're thankful I mean there's a lot of good it's all good yeah well and I think it's important to try and enjoy it as much as you can I know I I love a to-do list Mm -hmm. love a to-do list but sometimes I get so caught up in checking the boxes off my to-do list that I forget to actually live in the present of what I'm doing yeah And so even on a day-to-day basis, I can get stuck in like, okay, I need to 
pick up the kids, bring them home, have a snack, go to soccer, pick them up, go mm-hmm. to football, get home, do homework. And, and it's easy to get in that trap of making sure you're doing all the things. It's hard to stop and remember and say, wait, hold on. Like, like you're, li- this is you're my living. Life. Yeah, yeah. This you're is living. it right here. I know. And you know, I have, I get, I have a bad habit of always looking for what's next mm-hmm. and what's to come, you know, um, look like kind of planning my life in the future mm-hmm. and not really being present. And this, I had this time where I had to really step back because while I know this is not true, I kind of went through this, um, I don't want to say it, um, this morning period of knowing that for so long, my future was um, so dependent on so many things. And what I mean by that is I was waiting for my annulment. So then X could happen. And yeah. so then X could happen. Like I had so many things lined up and it was all, I was always waiting for those things that now I'm finally at a point where those things are coming and happening. And I'm like, now what? Yeah. You know? And so I had kind of this morning period of what am I going to look forward to? But it's just, it, that's so, it's so terrible to say out loud, but it, it was, I had to read, like check myself of, there's always going to be something to look forward to. But if we do that, if we live in the future, we're never going to really embrace now. And even so, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I, like I'm so anxious to have babies. Right. Well, I still have so many fun things to happen right now. Right. You know, and. So that's an example of just staying grounded yeah. in all of the chaos now. Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to rush through. Yeah, you know, I I know with my kids especially, I'll catch myself, and I think it was more so when they were younger, because the phases as infants and toddlers can be so hard. And I remember, you know, oh, just wait till. They're out of diapers. Wait till we're out of daycare. Wait till... and When they can talk, when they can walk. Right, right. You're always like waiting for the next step so that it it makes whatever's difficult in that moment a little bit easier. Achievable. Right. And then... But then I would look back and I don't want to spend all my time looking for the next step and not enjoying what we're in right now what's there and you know it kind of piggybacks on what we've talked about the last couple weeks of whenever we set that pace and whenever we are constantly looking into the future so deeply like so far out we miss out on what is happening here and possibly what the lord wants to invite us to here Mm -hmm. and that's where I find you take the people around you for granted because um, you miss those moments of really feeling the gratitude. Yeah. Or really feeling the suffering if that's the season, you know, and letting the Lord do what he wants with the suffering. But in this season for me, it's like really tapping into now, which if I stop long enough to absorb it, there's so much for me to be thankful for. Well, and I think that gratitude is what is that grounding force that brings you back and slows things down. Because when you stop and intentionally think about, wow, you know, look at all these wonderful things happening. Like I, am I am so grateful. Right. 
when you're grateful, you're not worried about what's coming next or what else, or because you're just focused on what being you present have right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know, I, I was like, as I was kind of reflecting on this, um, because of all the things that are happening and, you know, I, I had a moment of like, how did I get here? Like mm-hmm. how all of a sudden I'm in this position where I'm getting married. I'm bu- like, we're buying a house, like a dream house. We're doing all the things that it doesn't almost doesn't feel real. And it doesn't feel real in my head compared to what sometimes I still picture myself being in a different phase of life. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that I'm not, but you know, sometimes I'm like, wow, I, I made it like I'm yeah. here, you know? Um, but I think about how I got here and just this immense amount of, I keep saying the word gratitude, but that's the only word I have for it. But the immense amount of gratitude and thankfulness I have for everybody that has helped me get here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, we're leaving tomorrow for my bachelorette trip and, um, we're going to Charleston with like literally there's eight of us so seven of my closest girlfriends like closest there's two of them that are missing because they're pregnant and can't travel or one has an infant but these women have put in so much effort and have put so much time to planning this trip for me and you know i guess i'm always the planner and i'm Mm -hmm. always the one that's doing all this well then mia had sent the itinerary last week like a week before and, you know, of course, we don't do anything small. And it's this beautiful itinerary that has, like, the theme. And literally the simplest part of it at the bottom said, hashtag uh, bougie and Bennett. And I read that and I almost got teary-eyed. It probably has something to do with I was about to start my period. But <laughs> I was kind of like emotional about it because in that moment like in that moment i read bennett uh bougie and bennett or whatever i might have gotten that wrong something like right yeah right. You, yeah yeah and i got like so full with gratitude and thankfulness because like what the heck my friends know me so well one and then two like they just get it they're just like there and they put in all this effort to like make this literally if i could have made it myself it was just like kind of picture perfect and they just get it. They just yeah. get me. And then it like, it made me in like a flash, just think about how good they are to me and how well they love me and how well they've always loved me. Even in the moments where I was struggling and they didn't even, like, they just love me so well. And I'm just so freaking thankful that I have people in my life like that. That's you wonderful. Know? Yeah. And it's wonderful that you can recognize that. You know, I think, too, like, probably our age helps. But when you get married younger and you're in that season of, like, every weekend is a wedding because everyone's getting married, some of those things start to feel like an obligation or, you know, of course you're planning my bachelorette trip and coming and I expect nothing less, you know, but I think with maturity, you can step back and say, wow, like look at what all of these people's lives that they're putting on hold for me. Yeah. 
you know? For me. And I think too, part of it for me is that I've already done this before. And while honestly, this time around is a, a different group of friends, which I'm so happy about, but it's like, I, they didn't have to do this, yeah. you know, like we've, and, but they're doing it. They're doing it almost like this is the first time. And so with my family, like the fam, my family, it's just, you know, I talk about friends because I guess it's a little bit more surprising to me. My family is so good that we're just, they've always been so good and there and constant mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just, I don't want to say I take them from granted because I really, truly don't. But it doesn't have as much of like a wow factor because they've always been right. so good, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but even so, like even, you know, we went to, my brother got married this last weekend and we were at for the rehearsal dinner, you know, kind of looking around and you look around and probably 90% of the people were my close family, meaning people that we talk to. We're very, I'm very close with my mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm close to all my family, but my Lindsay is like my sister. That's mm-hmm. what shows you. I think moms have different relationships with their yeah. sisters regardless. Um, and I'm just like, what the heck? I love us. Like, I love that we, someone said the photographer, she's like, man, there's so many of y'all. And I was like, yeah, we kind of just come in packs. And I was like, I love that about us. Like, I love, I love us. I love that we come in packs and we're no matter where, what we're doing or who's it for or what, everybody's going to be there and it's going to be equally as important no matter what it is, you know? And so I just see, I just, I'm so thankful for so, like so many things. I know Mm. it sounds really cheesy, but. No, I feel like whenever I had the most um, change in my day-to-day attitude was when I started really trying to be intentional about gratitude in general. And as simple as like, I would, you know, thank you, God, for the trees. Thank you for the weather. Thank you for this hot coffee that I have that I don't have to drink cold today. You know, I started just trying to think about all the things, the hot yeah. water in my shower, things that, that we r- do take the for roof granted over our head. Right. Yeah. So the things that that we do take for granted that are so easy Mm -hmm. because we've always known them to be that way. And so I find when I pray with my kids at night, I try to bring up those Mm -hmm. little maybe overlooked things like thank you for a hot meal. Basics. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want them to understand that there are people who don't have these things. Yes. Yeah. You know, that that is very real life. And while that may seem unfathomable to us, it's very real. And I want them, you know, to know, like, we should be grateful for every little thing that we have. Yeah. And I love that you said that because something that I've done with Augustine, too, of when we go to pray, I always say, thank you, Lord, for this day. That's kind of how I've started his prayers. (laughs) And then I, I I did the same thing with him. And now it's just become a part of our routine. But starting saying, thank you, Lord, for the state. Thank you for the, the house that we live in. Thank you for Ellie and Duke. Thank you. Like, 
the things that are so basic, like, thank you for the food we have today. Thank you for each other. Thank you. You know, and in those moments, I think, you know, I, I kind of was impacted by those too, because it gives me a moment, like you said, to remember about the basic stuff, you know, the little bit of things that we don't have to have. And I remember the one time we were saying, I was like, thank you for, um, having a, a place to sleep. And if in, in that moment, Augustine stopped and he remembered one of the people we saw on the side of the road that was asking for money. Mm-hmm. And he remembered it because of course he said, well, why don't they have any money? And I was like, well, some people just aren't as fortunate as we are, you know, um, and he says, why can't they go to the bank? And we went to this whole entire thing of like, they can go to the bank. But I was like, baby, the money in the bank for mama is stuff I put. The bank's just a holder. Like, you know, yeah. trying to explain all this. He was like, and so he was asking all these questions, could not comprehend how this person was on the side of the road without food, without shelter, without all these things. Because in his mind, which, look, I don't, I'm so, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that he doesn't have that capacity to know anything different. Right. But um, it got his wheels spinning. And then right after we say all the things that we're thankful for, we start praying for specific things and for people. And he stopped and he said, I would like to pray for that lady that did not have a house. And it was like in those moments of gratitude, I think it could help our hearts turn to, to things that like we can ask the Lord for or recognize of how to 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 play that part in the in the community or in each other's lives, you know? Well, and I very cheesily always call it attitude of gratitude, (laughs) but I really made that my mission that I was going to have an attitude of gratitude all the time. And when you, at first it feels very forced, like, thank you for the trees, um, you know, but when that becomes your focus, you pick up on so many things that you would probably have never thought twice about Mm -hmm. or moments. I had one today where, you know, you get that just like swelling feeling and you're just like, thank you, God. Yeah. For this moment right here, just thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you that we're even have the ability to be right here, that we have the ability to be in the position that we're in. Like, just thank you. And when you... When you start to do that and it becomes a habit, a habit, it really changes your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah. No, I I definitely know what you mean. And I think too, even with our spouses and our significant others, even with our kids, I know it's almost like um, fake it until you make it. Yeah. And, you know, getting in a habit of saying, even if you don't truly fully feel it, but know it's there, like thing like te- like texting like I text Zach saying thank you for um did the last like yesterday I texted him and I said thank you for being so decisive and supportive like thank you for that because I was like I was thinking I was like man I called him with two different options and I could not I didn't care and I was being indecisive and he was like that one and I'm like okay but I'm like thank you thank you for being so de- decisive and supportive and even just vocal, like saying it out loud, like, thank you for taking the trash mm-hmm. out. Or Augustine, like, thank you for feeding the dogs. And saying it out loud, like, I guess it, like you said, it comes, becomes a habit and to the point where 
you start believing it mm-hmm. a little more deeply, yeah. you know? Well, and, and I know it's made its rounds on social media, I feel like. But I feel like I first heard about it in a Bible study or something. But, um, you know, you see the little memes and stuff that talk about changing your perspective from I have to to I get to. Mm-hmm. And so I find, I especially when I'm doing mundane household chores that seem to never end, like the laundry that never goes away, just instead of I have to switch this laundry again for the fourth time today, it's I get to do this because we have four healthy people that live in this house and we have two beautiful children that that. we weren't supposed to be able to have who can go to school and get dirty outside and we have food to get on their shirts. Yeah. You know, just that little bit of a shift stops you from in your complaining tracks very quickly, Mm -hmm. even like with dishes. You know, same thing. I get to wash these dishes because we had the best freaking gumbo that I cooked on Sunday and I get to wash this pot because we have the ability to fill it up with food right you know um and it's funny you say that because I think both of us we tell our kids that like when Augustine says why I have to do this and you know he and I'm telling him things that sometimes I should also practice for myself (laughs) like because like you're you know um kind of like i'm trying to think of an example but i I find myself telling augustine that when he's complaining about things or whenever he's like i'm not hungry and i'm like some people don't even have food you know and yeah but i love that you said that because we're equally at fault for it too yeah for sure do and i you know one of the things i went through this and i don't want to call it a phase because it's still but one of, I feel like everyone has their thing that just weighs heavily on them. And my thing that weighs on me and has for years is foster care. Like children in the foster system. Mm, the me whole too. thing. And for a while, I, you know, Daniel and I actually went through the classes Did to become really? certified. And then COVID hit. I didn't and know so, that. Yeah. That was recent. Yeah, ish. I mean, 2020. And COVID was. Yeah. So um, Daniel wasn't a thousand percent on board, mm-hmm. um, but he was enough on board that we went to six classes on wow. Saturdays all day long. Yeah. yeah. So I try and tell that's something else that I remind my kids of. Like there, there are kids who don't have families. There right. are kids who don't get to sleep at their house tonight you know, who are going through their kids in hospitals who are sick, you know, we need to pray extra for them. Um, I love that. I did not know that about you. Do you know that that's also something that's really deeply rooted in my heart? No. Yeah. So when um, Daniel and I were told we couldn't have kids, we went, we started to go down the adoption Mm -hmm. route. Um. And didn't get very far because I ended up getting pregnant, which we weren't expecting. But it was still always something that we talked about yeah. still being a possibility. Daniel's older brother's adopted. Oh, cool. I didn't. And so they, his parents were not supposed to be able to have kids. They adopted his older brother. And then she ended up like seven mm. years later, she got pregnant for Daniel. And then he has a younger sister too. Oh, wow. 
Um, so we talked about, we always talked about adopting. And then my kids were little. And it, it was definitely a Holy Spirit thing because there's no other explanation of where it could have come from. But I started to have these really strong feelings that we were being called to be foster parents. Mm-hmm. And for my 30th birthday, I did a fundraiser where I raised money. So a lot of times kids are taken from their homes kind of quickly and put in a home for maybe 24, 48 hours, then moved. And so all their belongings just like literally go in a trash bag. Yeah. And so this organization that I had come across on Facebook put together these duffel bags oh, and wow. they had like a toothbrush, a teddy bear, a blanket, but it's something, you know, a nice bag. Theirs. They could put their stuff Give in. Give them some dignity. Exactly. Yeah. So for my 30th birthday, I I did a, I, like a Facebook fundraiser before that was a thing yeah. and raised money for, I wanted to do 30 bags for my 30th birthday. Um, so since then it's been a progression and then we got I got Daniel all the way to those classes which was uh yeah a feat and then covid and then it's been never went anywhere derailed ever since then mostly I was the the pusher of it but Daniel's fear was always that and mine too was time cuz I work Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you have lots of meetings and therapies and stuff and they don't necessarily work around your schedule. You got to yeah. make it work. And so with Noah in three therapies a week, Daniel's like, how are we yeah, going to do this? Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe this is something we need to look at when the kids are a little bit older and yeah. we have a little bit more. Or like maybe too, the Lord was just inviting y'all to do that to prepare your hearts for something yeah you know not maybe not necessarily that more awareness right or you know well and there's a um program where you can become a casa Mm -hmm. and so i've looked into that and the only thing that stopped me from doing that was that if you ever so like let's say you're a casa in lafayette parish Mm -hmm. if you ever decide to become a foster parent you cannot foster and be an advocate in the same parish. Oh, and so would you so, have to stop doing one or the other? I don't or know. You would, if, or I don't know if it's completely if it, out of the out of the picture. Right. So that's oh. what kind of pumped my brakes because I hadn't fully closed the door on the foster parent situation. Yeah. And a CASA volunteer is basically like a legal advocate yeah. for a kid. Um you don't take them into your homes, but you help them through process, like being a support system. Yeah. And a mentor. Right. And they're kind of cool because you are paired with a child and you stay with that child throughout their journey. Um, For whatever that looks right. like. A lot of times they're older. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Right. And you don't have to have any legal experience or anything like that. No, you're like just that. basically a mentor. Yeah. A, a person to talk to. Kind of like an extra liaison yeah. for the child. I've heard a few people do that before. And I hear on the radio. They advertise really? on the radio. Yeah. I went to a meeting. And like I said, that's when I found out that there was a conflict. But they 
um, they started that new, it's not new anymore. It was new, uh, foster the love Louisiana. They started that in Lafayette and, um, they created a foster closet where foster families can go and shop basically because you might, you know, get a phone call that I'm sending a two-year-old boy coming to your house tomorrow and you have nothing. Right. Um, and so I try to always, if I have kids clothes to donate or whatever, that's, they're always kind of my go-to. And then they do stuff like, um, I know right now they have, you can donate toward a foster child's Christmas list. They do fundraisers. I I love that. Yeah. And it's local. That's what I love about it. Like it's it's impacting your community right here. People right here in Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a great... That'll teach you gratitude in a blink of an eye, huh? Real fast. Yeah. Well, and even just going through the classes. I know. It opened our eyes to so Which is why, like, even if you didn't go through it, the Lord could definitely do something with it. Because Mm -hmm. if anything, it makes... softens your heart to to humans, to people, to circumstances, you know? And so, um, on the gratitude thing, you know... I also am super grat- grateful for all of you guys and everybody that has reached out to us. Um, every week, people, like, they ask me, like, how's it going, you know? Um, and I simply always say, every week, we have at least one person. And a lot of times, it's just one person. We have one person that reaches out to us that keeps us recording the next one. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not going to lie, like... <laughs> This this is not hard. This is like pretty easy to sit down and talk, and it's actually kind of like nice and therapeutic, yeah. and you get away from your kids and all of that. But finding the time to actually get here is a lot. Getting us to these chairs is is the at hardest. At the same the hardest time, part. for forty five minutes to an hour is, a, is the most challenging, a hard task. And I think it's gonna get better. This this is just a crazy time. Holidays. Yeah. I don't know what we're thinking starting this in Q four. Anyway. Um, that is such a CPA thing of you to, to say. say. <laughs> Every time someone talks Into in terms the of cues, I'm like, three, six, nine. Like, <laughs> I'm doing it in my head. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So, but at least one person has reached out saying something like, thank you so much for saying that or posting that or just some type of affirmation that it it touched someone. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is why you're here. And it keeps us recording the next one and the next one. And so we are grateful for y'all. And we love you guys that reach out and ask us questions or send us your comments and thoughts. Um, We actually, we told you, we have a couple of questions. Yeah. I would say we would answer. One of them is really good and really hard. You want to, you want to do that one first? Yeah. Okay. So, let's see. So, I'm not going to obviously say who sent it. Yeah. Um, I don't even know this person. I do. Um, <laughs> but the question was, what was the one moment you were forever changed was all in with God and for God? So, what was the moment when you were like all in to this whole God thing and fundamentally emotionally spiritually change as a human that's how i'm interpreting that yeah do you know yours i Uh, think about it so i know mine because i know that there wasn't one moment 
Um, but it's because you know that there was not one moment. Right. Okay. And it's because I feel like I have been given the gift of faith, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I was not raised in a super religious house. I don't remember praying together, if I'm being honest. My grandparents, my, my whole family is Catholic, but Jesus, like that was not re, uh, like a focus growing up. I went to a Catholic school. Yeah. Um, my dad, the older that I got, the less that my dad would come to church with us. Mm-hmm. So it got to a point where Christmas and Easter, he was there, but then not really else. And then when I got to the point in high school, I started going to mass by myself. I remember even my family, because we were a very close family when I was growing up. And Sunday evenings were like our special time. We had shows that we all watched together. Usually my dad was going to cook. Like we spent Sundays together. And I remember I, there's, it's only four. I only have one sibling, my brother, but, um, there were times where I would have to leave our little Sunday fun to go to mass. And I was the only one going. Oh, wow. And so even before I could drive, I remember my mom asking my mom, like, can you bring me and drop me off? And she would. And then when I could start driving, I would go by myself. So I didn't ever have like one specific moment. No, it was like, it's always been there and it's only gotten stronger as I got older. Mm -hmm. And I know that, um, I went to STM in Lafayette and I know that STM was with all of its faults and, you know, I could list things about STM that I did not like, but I feel like my faith really further developed there I kind of fell off in college a little bit and you know was hanging around people that weren't really in the going in the same direction as me but then I got right back in to it after college so even though I didn't have parents who necessarily that was like at the top of their priority list yeah it was at the top of mine And in my mind, that could not have come from anywhere but God himself. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I think he just gave me that. And I am grateful for it every single day. I didn't say, like, speak about the Holy Spirit out loud, like, even just saying the word the Holy Spirit, (laughs) until I did Acts. Oh, really? Which was in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, because that was just not ever something part of your spirituality right yeah and I didn't have people close to me who were super spiritual you know I just kind of always like was a lone yeah. ranger did it right. on my own and you weren't exposed to it no that so part, yeah. right so but I was always there and I always felt like I should be there so you know there wasn't really I mean Axe was very instrumental um, I feel like in just really finding out 
who the Holy Spirit was in general. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Acts brought me closer to Jesus, the person in general. But to say like, you know, when did I decide that God was the direction that I was going to go in and put all into God? Mm -hmm. Like I've always kind of been going there. Yeah. I, it's a hard one for me. And it kind of makes me want to go sit down and pray and ask the Lord because I too, similar, came from a background where the Catholic Church, Mass, the familiarity with prayer and was there. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we were deeply rooted right. in prayer and in the church teachings. Right. I say that lightly because it was always there and it was taught and we had good morals and all of that. But... Um, there was a turning point for me, but I don't remember what it was. Like, I don't, I I can't pinpoint it. I know that there was a turning point because there was like, I, there was a point in high school, freshman year and sophomore year that something, it was, I decided that I was going to pursue my faith. I wasn't not pursuing my faith, but it was kind of just a thing that was there on Sundays and that, you know, I grew up with going through the motions, going through the motions. Like, of course I'm Catholic, whatever. There was a moment where I decided or I was convicted to pursue my faith and like jump into learning about it. I do attribute a lot of that to my mentors. I had like fantastic, again, Super grateful. The Lord provided this for me. I had Adam Conk. He's now Deacon Adam Conk. Um, and Christian Heinen and Father Garrett McIntyre. They were all three. Two of them were religion teachers. Father Garrett McIntyre was the associate. And I'm telling you, they were like amazing to me, for me. Um, Adam came with the philosophy. He taught us theology. He had all of the knowledge and could explain it in ways that captivated our hearts. And we were convicted. Like we would go to school at six, six fifteen, six thirty. He would. He had four kids at the time. Now he has like eight. <laughs> um, he would drive in because he was from Cairn Crow and we were in Belpot. And he would come to school school early to sit in a classroom and teach us stuff that we wouldn't have learned in school because wow. it was not. It was like philosophy and like theology stuff. And we were so thirsty for it that he gave it to us. And um, so I had that aspect of it where I learned a lot about the teachings of the church. And I fell in love with the church in that aspect because I am a very firm believer in if you dive into learning about the church teachings, you can't help but to fall in love with them. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, and Christian was, she was that like female mentor. She was that, um, but she was young and likable. You know, she wasn't like mom. Mm-hmm. She was in Christian Heinen and she was a consecrated virgin and she had her life dedicated to Jesus, but she had that more practical outlook on being a woman, you know, yeah. and she was just like this mentor friend. And then father McIntyre is just, Father McIntyre was someone that the Holy Spirit uses in my life almost all the time, like used in my life and um, as like such an instrument for me. 
for some weird reason, just that was just, we were connected that way. And, um, I don't really know. So like, I just, like, I know all of these things were happening, but I, it wasn't like, I don't, I can't remember like what actually made me start. Maybe it was simply looking at those three people and the Holy Spirit giving me the grace to be like, I want what they have. Right. You know, I don't really remember, but I do remember the trickle after, like the the effects after, and I still see it in my life. And I've come to realize this is how the Lord keeps me close to him. The first time I ever felt the Holy Spirit, I was a junior in high school. Actually, two stories. I was leaving to go home. I don't know why. And I was, I couldn't drive. So I was waiting for someone to come get me. And uh, it was in the middle of the day and we had an adoration chapel in our common area. And I went into the adoration chapel and I would go to the adoration chapel a lot in high school, but partly only to escape the crowd. <laughs> like I didn't want to be around. Um, and so I went into the adoration chapel and I remember sitting there. I think I'm like, I wasn't feeling good or something, which is why I was trying. I was wanting to go home. And I remember that was the first time that I really had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know it at the time. But I was sitting there and the Blessed Sacrament wasn't exposed. It was just in the tabernacle. And I'm sitting here and I like had my hands on my lap. Like you can't see, but I had my hands on my lap. And I wasn't praying or anything. I was just kind of sitting staring at the tabernacle. And all of a sudden I felt this very like heaviness like of my body. And like this, almost like this inability to move, but it was like comforting. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain people that maybe have had that encounter before probably know what I'm talking about. But it's like when you feel the Holy Spirit, you just feel like this denseness come upon you and you feel like peace and you feel like comfort and you don't like you don't want to move. Like you don't even want to like blink an eye because you don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. It's like this magical moment. And that was the first time out of nowhere. Like I didn't go to pray. I didn't go to ask for anything. It was just in a moment where I was just like, and I didn't know it at the time until it happened again a month or so later. And that was, we had um, an ador- Father McIntyre had done an adoration in the church for a girls group we had going on. And um, I was kind of helping run it. So I was kind of all over the place doing everything. After the fact, there was about six of us left. And most of the girls were like younger girls. It was like a Bible study-ish for those, for younger girls, the juniors were doing. And um, I will never forget this moment. I was in the sacristy. Did I say that right? No. The back of the church where they get ready. <laughs> the dressing room. Sacristy. <laughs> Yeah. I think anyway. So I think that's right. And we were all kind of sitting there and, you know, talking with father and, um, and Christian Heinen came out and said, father, can you give each of the girls a blessing? She's like, and we want like a hands-on Holy Spirit blessing. And if you know anything about father McIntyre, he's just like, not a very like touchy feely person. And so he kind of just rolled his eyes, but, and Christian had that effect. She was like, no, you know, whatever. And so he went around the circle and I was almost like last. And he put his hands over my head and started praying. He was praying to himself. He wasn't praying out loud. And he put his head, hands over my head and he started praying. Like he was physically touching my head. And I just got that like 
wave of whole, the Holy Spirit, but I, still, I didn't know what that really yeah. meant. And so he like, you know, for like maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And then he went to move on to the other person. And he literally said, wait, hold on. Like I've the Holy Spirit's right here. And he's like, and so he came back like, and he put his head and like prayed over me for like two minutes and verbally said, no, like I feel the Holy Spirit. And that's whenever my brain connected that feeling. And now I like, now I can, I know what that feeling is. Yeah. Wow. And I know that's it. And so it was things like that, that just kind of like the Lord kept converting my heart, I guess, but pure gifts of yeah. grace pure gifts of the spirit nothing in that i did to ever receive such a thing i know and sometimes i feel not guilty but bad in a way because why why do some of us get these things and not everyone you know yeah that's a hard one wouldn't it be like the people who struggle with their faith or the people who don't believe in god like well if they were given the faith that i was given then i didn't really have to do a whole lot for would they be in a better spot right now. You, you know? also think, why Peter? Why Matthew? Yeah. There's only 12 disciples. Yeah. You know, there's reasons. And um, let's get to that on hard topics. But does it next feel season. a little unfair? It does. it does. It really does feel unfair. It doesn't feel unfair. It makes you question why, but it also makes me so thankful. And it also, but it also double-edgedly gives me this sense of like responsibility of yeah i I can't i can't let it go to waste well and and part of it is you're being given but in order for it to do what it's supposed to do you have to receive it too yeah you know there's always a Mm -hmm. decision i could have very easily stayed at my house and not going to church when i didn't feel like it you know so there is but still but still sometimes i feel like the grace is so heavy that i like i don't have enough free will to break it but it's a it's a cycle for me because i do get that into that thing and i think just throughout my whole entire conversion and even to this day the way that the lord keeps me connected like literally to this day is i ha- like I, I get i get these moments of where i just whether it's praying or randomly or through other people that the holy spirit just kind of like rocks me and it's like brings me back or people will vocalize how maybe they felt an encounter with the Holy Spirit because of something I said or did. And I just know that it stemmed from those moments at the very beginning where the Lord was teaching me how to, how to be that way. And to, to go back to the answer, the question is, I think it was, it's all of those little moments and they're not little by any means. It's all of those big, powerful moments that constantly put me in a state of having to be all in mostly because I now have a responsibility and I know the Lord has set me aside for something Mm -hmm. and I have a purpose here and I have like, he wants to use me as an instrument. And so I have no other choice, but being all in with God and with what he's wanting from me. Yeah. But why? Good question. (laughs) 
I don't know. You know, really? Why? I have no idea. I'll have, like, when I die, I'm going to have so many questions. I know. I'm going to be like, Jesus, Lord, you have some time? I have yeah, a lot of questions I know for that, like, you need to judge me and stuff, but first, first can, can we I talk? have a list <laughs> that we really need to go through because I've been wondering these things. Yes. Yeah. I have so many, like, I have so many stories I can tell about, God, I, I can, like, go on and on and on, but one thing, and then we'll end with this, is I... I don't know if you heard me talk about prayer group. I know, Mallory, you have. But we did a lot of praying out loud where we pray for each other out loud and we let the Holy Spirit kind of pray through us. And Gabby, Gabby is also, she's my Guatemalan friend always refers to. Her and I's soul is connected by the Holy Spirit. I do, and we do have these people in our lives. And I do, I know, where we're just always on point with what each other's feeling. And, you know, the Lord's put us in our lives to be instruments for each other. And I will, it's like ingrained in my head. She was praying for me one time and she, it was in, it was in the moments where I was in a very dark spot. And, um, she said, I I see like you're walking through this tunnel and she's like, it almost reminds me of like a movie or at least this is where I pictured it a movie of like an underground sewer Mm -hmm. where it's just like a little bit of water at the bottom and you're in this like dome Mm -hmm. and it's dark but you can kind of see it with a flashlight you know and you're walking she's like you're walking through this and i know like you're like in the sludge and you're like struggling and asking a lot of questions of why and it's just nasty and stinky and all of this stuff and she says but i want you to turn around and see and she's how many people are following you and she was like, this is like the Lord wants to like tell you that you you might feel alone and you're walking towards the light and you're bringing so many people with you. And that was a moment to me where I was just like, I'm reminding, reminded of that very frequently of my responsibility to bring people to Jesus. Yeah. Even if it's through the sewer. That's beautiful. Thank you. I didn't know how I was going to answer this question. <laughs> That's how, and we talked a really long time, so we'll get to more of the questions next time. Yeah. Uh, or on our stories. Ask away. We love those questions. Thank you for whoever sent yes. us that question. That was Thank a good you. one. Yeah, it was. It got me thinking. I need to ask the Lord to show me when, what moment in my life. Right. I probably need to triggered do a little me. more <laughs> reflection myself. Not that it matters, but I think it does. It would probably... Sp- it would probably spark some contemplation of gratitude if I can think back to those moments and mm-hmm. see how far the Lord's taken, you know? Yeah. So here we are. We're at the end of our series. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. It went, it went kind of quick, I feel like. It did. It did. Um, we're going to be back with season two, I guess I keep calling it, series two. And we're going to talk about hard stuff. Are we going to, okay, I didn't know we were going to tell them. <laughs> we're going to talk about hard church teachings, like even all, any kind of church teachings. I feel like all the church teachings are, are hard, hard. I know. But um, teachings that maybe are not very well known, uh, maybe teachings that you just kind of know about because you grew up with them, but you don't really know why, or things that are just hard to swallow. Yeah, I have um, a lot of those. I have a lot of those too. <laughs> and so ask away. Ask us any questions. Give us ideas. We're going to come back at the beginning of the year and start firing off some of those. Yeah. So if you have any specific teaching that you really struggle with, struggle to understand, struggle to follow, we would love to hear what it is. Yeah. 
So we can talk about it. Don't be afraid. We're yeah. probably equally. It's probably a lot of the same ones. <laughs> I know. It is probably a lot of the same ones, which is okay. We're I, like love. I literally, this is what I live for. I love this. this good. Stuff. Because I love to ask all the questions. I know. And you ask good questions. I have a lot of them. Good. Yeah. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. Well, until then, we'll see you on our Instagram, on our social medias. Have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the people in your lives. And a Merry Christmas because shit is right down the road. Yeah. So until next time. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bella, come on. No, not Bella. Hi guys, welcome back to For the Love of God. Today we're going to be talking about Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now in the hour of our death. Amen. And I'll talk about, how about you leave too? I'm gonna let out my real emotion. Thanks. Okay, so welcome back to my channel and for the love of God, and we're going to be talking about the stuff that really makes God important and how it all started. It all started with God. I mean, no, yeah. It all started in Israel. So that's how it all. That's where the whole story took place in Israel. One day, also, ASMR. Welcome back to my channel. No, like my. Bye bye.